come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Hello and welcome back, freaks, to the Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> uh, I'm Colin, the... Uh, what am I? Host? Uh, I'm a host of... Host of the most? Host and internet uh, radio celebrity. That's true. Moving on. This is Brent. This is Sean. This is Travis. 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 This is Tom, your resident leprechaun for the day. It's a week late, dude. It's a week late. So, this is the Saturday Night Freak Show. What is the Saturday Night Freak Show? Every Saturday night we meet up. We have dinner that's themed to the movie that we're uh, watching, and then uh, we come down into a basement, down a rickety flight of stairs, watch a movie that a lot of us sometimes haven't seen, and then we get together afterwards and throw it on the table, dissect it, put it back together again, and determine whether or not you, the listener, should invest your time in seeking it out and watching it. And this week's movie was picked by Travis. Travis, what did we watch this We week? watched Porco Rosso by a uh, Japanese studio named Studio Ghibli that Disney has taken up under the uh, past few years to release a bunch of uh, hand-animated features. And this was done at about, uh, I want to say, 92-ish or so. It didn't come to theaters in America, but it is about a seaplane pirate during the, uh, was it, uh, post-World War One? Yeah, it was 1929. Nine, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it is about a, uh, yeah, it's just about a bounty hunter uh, who uh, chases down seaplane pirates, and he gets into a little trouble. It's really an adventure, I mean, really, because it's hard to say what the storyline is of the, I mean, yeah, it's a storyline of, uh, what, getting revenge on the American that shot him down, but it's really just the kind of, it's kind of like a, almost like a like a month in the life of a seaplane pirate in a way. There's, I mean, it's not the the, the storyline isn't so important that it's not like it's about a guy that needs to find a girl. You know, it's nothing like that. It's just it is though. It's, it's totally about a guy who needs to find a girl. It's it's, not. You're coming into this guy's <laughs> life. It's though, not. At, it's at not a point, what the like he needs something. He needs a change. Needs to happen so he can become. By the way, he's a pig. He's a pig. But he doesn't change. All right, so that let me let me let me let, let, let me open up with this. Like, okay, the movie's called Porco Rosso, which is translated from Italian. It's the Crimson Pig. And so, I mean, I didn't know anything about this movie. I sit down to watch it. I did know that there was a pig in the movie. So, you know, I'm just assuming that there's other, you know, uh, animal type anim- anim- uh, anim- folks. Anim- 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 what do they call it? Anim- anim- Anthropomorphic. Anim- yeah. So I sit down, and there's like, nope, there's just this one guy, and he is, for some reason, a pig. And I'm like, okay, is this going to be some weird Japanese thing where, like, he's a pig and nobody, like, comments on it? Because nobody right. treats him like he's a pig. They're like, hey, Porco. And, you know, everybody knows who he is. But the guy's clearly a pig, and, like, none of the other people, they're all human models. I'm like, the hell? But, shockingly enough, they address that they in the movie. It's like, uh, I'm a pig because I've been cursed. And then, you know, I mean, then obviously you have to figure out, you have to watch the movie to find out what happened. So, yeah, it kind of, because I, I think or we'll I was... we'll just talk about it later. You should go watch it. Well, I guess maybe I was I was going down that expectation, because right when the thing starts at the beginning, I think there's a logo. 
and Tom sh- starts shouting out like Catbus, Catbus, and I know that there's been like you know there's the the specter looming that one day I'm going to be watching a movie where a cat turns into a bus or something like that. I can see or a rabbit turns into a spaceship. It's happening sometime what, in my future. What he's referring so I thought to maybe that was today. What he's referring to is the <laughs> Studio Ghibli's logo is from one of their, I don't know if it's their first animation or if it's just their more popular, it's, it's one of the most popular animations they did called My Neighbor Totoro, where there's this creature that turns into whatever, I'm, you know, and then, so yeah, so, so the logo, the logo has this creature uh, as whatever, their Studio Ghibli uh, fan uh, Something you'll have to see it. And I, I was, I was you'll have to witness the cat. I was bus. imagining a school bus full of cats. I know, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I was actually disappointed when he said that. I'm like, what the fuck is, is he talking? Is that it right there? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, it looks like a giant, uh, like, uh, uh, I don't even know if it looks like yeah. a cat. It what, looked a like chipmunk? It looked like, like, yeah, a, like a slipper. It looked like a slipper turned upside down. Like, my wife wears these fuzzy, like, animal slippers. <laughs> like, turned on its side with another one on top. How do people ride the cat? Well, you gotta have well, it turns right. into a bus, man. Let's talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, we didn't see my friend, my neighbor, Totoro, so let's talk about this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. But you were right. That threw me off at the beginning, too, where it's just he's a pig. Is he just a pig? Like, I'm with you. I was expecting other he sort of... With a yeah, he's got a glorious like, mustache. Apples being in it, and thank God they addressed him. So, like, this is a little weird. Oh, the pig is played pig. by Mike. Keaton, yeah, the American version, right? They dubbed yeah, because they dubbed it all. Oh yeah, I guess that was that was a little strange. But then once you you know adjust to it, then it was like, oh okay, so you know it's right. just like a stylistic thing. We want to yeah, because they explain. Well, they explain <laughs> he's a pig because he he feels like he only does things that serve himself. You know, whereas oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah, actually no, see like the character of the. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, he, he feels like he does things only that serve himself, but, like, whenever, like, there's, like, what, what, two or three times in the movie where people are like, oh, my God, you know, your face, let me see your face, because whenever he's not thinking about himself, whenever he's actually truly doing something for other people, he does, I guess, turn back into himself, you know, it's just the fact that that is his curse, it's not so much of a curse somebody placed on him, it's a curse that he feels so, he feels that he's so selfish that he, he's, he's turned himself into a pig because he feels like that is who he is. So he never... Like, is he dead? No. Uh, there's a scene that would... that kind of explains that he's not dead. He, he, he saw the light, you know, they always talk about in death you see a light and he was right at that point and he saw all of his other pilot buddies go up, you know, into the light or what it was was this big white line across the sky that Almost was actually... like a vapor trail or something. Yeah, yeah but when you get close to it, it's actually like all the planes of all the dead pilots, like, ever, apparently, yeah, like, right. around the... Uh, That's too many for... That was a lot of planes. A lot of planes. Probably the history of, uh, history of, uh, plane pilots are yeah. sitting in that stream. That yeah. is like the heaven of seaplane pilots. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a cool image. That was a really cool yeah. moment in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of those, you know, where it kind of catches you off guard. doesn't feel like you're watching a cartoon so much. As you're watching, like this piece of art. This is an art. Art to, to me, this is high art animation. This it is, is, you know, beautiful. I think like, most of the beautiful animation. Yeah. Well, just you know, I mean, you know, uh, on the on the very okay. So visually, I'm just contrasting this because it came to me while I was watching it. But 
<clears throat> Pardon me. There's uh, so much detail present in all of the illustrations everywhere. There's uh, a couple of shots where I was, you know, really paying attention to it. There's like a, a boat that's uh, that he's buzzing by and helping out all these people on the boat. And I'm looking, and there's like there's uh, I don't know how many, like maybe a hundred people on this boat. Each one of them are drawn individually. Uh, you know, through the windows. You only see it for, like, uh, two seconds or something like that. Later on, there's a scene on an island where, like, all the sea pilots get together. <laughs> and I swear to God, they it looks like, there's on some of the big, you know, uh, panoramic shots, it looks like they drew, you know, like, just, like, thousands of people and all this detail <laughs> yeah. into the background. And I remember seeing, uh, for instance, a movie called Fire and Ice a long time ago. It was a Ralph Bakshi uh, movie. And the backgrounds in there were just like, you could tell that they had, like, no time at all. We're trying to crank this thing out. Where it was just, like, paint dabs. You know, it's like we're going to kind of suggest there's something there by just having, like, you know, watercolor, you know, over here doing, you know, as a shadow. But in this, this was like, everything was, like, very clearly defined and just, like, detail upon detail upon detail. And I'm just curious. I mean, I know I've played, uh, you know, a lot of Japanese video games where they have that kind of... Uh, detail and is that just endemic to Japanese like animation and illustration? I mean, yeah, I think they just. I mean, I think they they never pull out any stop. You know, they always just do what it takes to actually get the image done because they, no matter what, it's going to be cheaper for them to draw a hundred people than it would be to hire a hundred people to be in a movie. You know, they've never had that big of a movie industry or whatever, so. Yeah, you know, today's like, whatever, we can draw 100 people, you know, that's not going to take us, you know, as much time as it would be to cast this and, and whatever. And, and plus, I mean, I'm sure they have the tricks of animation to where we feel like, oh my God, there's thousands of people and everybody's moving around. And I mean, but I'm sure if you look around, I mean, everybody is kind of moving. It looks like, it does look like they animate almost every single figure in there. Well, that's the difference yeah. that I saw too. Yeah. Like compared to American animation where they might draw in all the people, but they wouldn't all be animated the way they were. And yeah, they were like all that. animated. I mean, when you were looking at when Porco Rosso uh, landed in Mulan, which he, uh, where he was wanted, you know, you walk, you follow him around, you look at every single police officer's face, they all turn and look at him uh, suspiciously. You know, every single one. You know, it's crazy. It's just like, oh my God. And that's something you, you might not even really, like, notice if you're watching it, because you're probably looking at, like, all the other hundreds of people in the frame, right. you know, you might not be looking right. at, like, how this one police officer is, is staring at Porco, but, you know, yeah, those guys are just brilliant. It's just an interesting, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add to that with the dog fights. The dog fights are, like, realistic, too. It, it feels like you're watching an actual dog fight. I mean, the animation is so smooth, and the way that the planes bank and everything... Is just so realistic. It's not no no corners were yeah were skipped. Right, that's the cut. thing. It seems it feels like the Japanese are like you know we we just don't like as a culture or something. We're just in that business, you know. If they're at the if that is the top of the game as far as animation, because I'm trying to think like Walt Disney stuff. I mean, what would we have here that would be comparable? Almost to? nothing really, because like even if you look at like Little Mermaid. I mean, the backgrounds are so, like, kind of bland and just painted there. <laughs> like, they really don't, like, well, do a lot to, uh... The, new, the newer Japanese, or the new, newer American stuff that is animated, like, um... But it's not hand-animated. Well, no, it is. 
uh, the princess and the toad or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that was like... That's like the last hand animated thing. That was the last yeah, but hand I guess... animated. But that quality is like... I mean, like, that's a, I guess that's the thing, like... Like, like Studio Ghibli, anything that they do is like, you know, that's that's high end. Which would okay. be like Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, et cetera, et cetera. But those actually, a lot of those make theatrical stuff. They actually get real actors. Same with like Disney's stuff, like a lot of their animated or, um, you know, any any theatrical stuff is, is high quality. Yeah, because well, we're talking like Pixar, or Pixar is all CGI and DreamWorks, they're pretty much all CGI. Yeah, yeah so but uh, no, only... almost nobody does hand animation anymore. Well, that's what I was just curious. I mean, I guess what I was leading to was like, okay, so after, because you were saying that this is like early 90s that Studio Ghibli came on the scene and maybe the Japanese was, were doing this type of heavily detailed animation. It's like once you set the bar there, it's like then isn't it incumbent on, like, everybody else in the world? It's like, if you're trying to do <laughs> yeah. something, like, then you have to go, like, right up to that line. So Little Mermaid, you know, would have came out prior to this, but what has, has Walt Disney stepped up to that level? And I guess you're saying with, like, Princess and the Toad, then they did, and then they're like, But yeah, I would see, I wouldn't think they stepped CGI. up to that level. I think, I mean, I think no matter what uh, feature animation from Disney, so, I mean, the characters have always been good, They've just never done such a good job at blending the characters with their backgrounds, putting in, you know, like I said, you know, like we were talking about how many uh, extra characters in yeah. one scene, mm -hmm. you know, Disney's never really done that. They've never really, like, at least from what I've seen of Disney, to me, they've never, like, blown me away with any one thing to where is this? I remember the scene when Porco Rosso was running away from the Italian secret police and he starts to turn the the wheel of the truck really crazy, and you can feel the weight of the car turning. I mean, no, they yeah. do such a good job at, 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 I don't know, I don't even know what to call it, <laughs> displacement of characters. Uh, yeah, you, you feel, I mean, it's almost... Seeing where the force is. Yeah, the, the shifting of the, the weight, right. you really feel it, you but feel I mean, it. I, I guess it's not to say that like all not all Japanese animation... Is like top quality stuff. Yes, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I mean, Studio Ghibli's on a different level. Oh, okay. they're like Walt Disney, but they are mainly like feature bill. You know, a lot of animation would just well, be wait, TV was, or pay per view. Uh, it was like Akira, because that's like the other one. I think Akira's like feature film, I'm sure. Yeah, but that, but it's not Studio Ghibli. No, because that was like hyper de detail too. It was another one. I guess maybe that's why I'm lumping it off. Yeah, and well, then, I mean, most you know, my other feature. experience, I think, was like yeah. you know uh, that Metal Gear Solid Four. I played that, and Tom loaned it to me, and I was like, holy shit! I mean, just like. You know, I mean, you played video games from America, then you get these, like, you know, this Japanese thing, and it was, like, just amazing the amount of detail that they had gone into, like, replicating, like, a gun or a motorcycle. Like, Triumph motorcycles are in the game, like, completely recreated into a working model exactly the way they are in life. And it's that kind of, like, you know, I'm seeing that, like, again, across this, I'm, I'm lumping that video game industry into the same thing as, the animation because it it's a lot sense. of CG yeah. animation stuff, you know, where yeah. it's just like the detail, like just blows. <laughs> Which I kind of yeah. like, you know, I think what what lends itself to that is, I mean, I've heard a lot of times when Japanese animators are animating, I hear they're drawing almost before the script is complete. 
I mean, th- their focus is on the artwork and the drawing and the animation of it. You know, a lot of times they say that's why it seems like characters need to speak really fast in anime. And that's because they animated it before they even got the script out there. So a lot of times they do yeah. got to be like, oh my god, I got to talk really fast because, you know, so it will match the animation I have, you know. I always thought that was, uh, like, the, the, you know, when American when the Americans would dub it, they had to speak really fast because the Japanese language was saying right. something... It goes half and half, really. It goes almost for both reasons. It is for that reason, but at the same time, it is also for a lot of times the Japanese characters are speaking fast just because they did not have, they didn't necessarily know what animation was going to go to what dialogue they they could have animated before they even had that piece of dialogue written. They already animated the time the character had to speak. Mm. So the Japanese actor has to be like, Oh my God, here we am, blah, 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 you know, and like get done with the scene for what they have. You know, it's kind of weird, you know, it's kind of well, ass actually, backwards. The yeah, but the do. weird thing about that is, is that just, you know, what you, the way you're describing that right there, that type of work ethic almost seems, you know, it's opposed to the detail oriented approach that it seems like it's taking in every other aspect. You know, it's like, why wouldn't they apply that same amount of care to every part of the production? I think that just, I think it just matters. Because, like, okay, Porco Rosso, this is based off of a uh, comic strip that, uh, that Haya Miyazaki uh, had done in the past, which, I mean, most of the Studio Ghibli stuff that Haya Miyazaki has done, like, like uh, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind, you know, most of them are comic books. So these have at least a little bit more of a set, you know, a, a headway when it comes to a, a adaptation. You know, they kind of know what their script is going to be. But, like, oh, when we're okay, talking yeah, about, like, yeah. a 26-episode yeah. season of a TV series, uh-huh. that's when we're starting to get into the whole animators maybe sometimes animating faster than the script writers are, are writing it or the actors are, are uh, recording it. Right, they're cutting corners and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's what I like about the features. It's like their their TV animation, you can tell where they cut the corners, but they just do it artistically. But you can barely see it in any of these feature length, where you're just like, oh my god, you know, it's like they barely need story, because they're like, oh, he's pumping that thing on the plane, oh my god, the, 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 the things are turning, and the fires, you know, I mean, they just yeah. do it so well that you really get into... You know, despite of what the situation is of this, it's just like, I don't know a lot about sea play pirates, but oh my god, dude, these guys are cool, you know, these guys are awesome. There was was a scene early on where uh, Porco was talking to somebody else, I think he was talking to the the American, and they were eating, and you could actually see the food in their mouth while they were talking. Like, (laughs) they are animating little bits of food getting chewed up in their mouth, which is... Well, heck, uh, when, uh, when Porco... First, uh, he went to some bar after he got done fixing his plane up. He went to a bar, and I'd seen on the uh, on the desk of the bar, you can tell where there had been a poster, and they stripped it down. So there was only like kind of the white like like ring. Uh, what do you want to call it? The, like the white outline of where a poster had been glued, but torn down. I mean, they yeah. rarely think about like what reality looks like and putting it up on the screen. Right, yeah, and anytime they show, like, the inside of the plane, you could see, like, the wood design, the actual, how they manufactured the plane. You could see beams and joists and planks of wood going across. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are one of the guys that made me 
uh, I mean, I don't necessarily say it made me an artist, but it makes me know like what it's like to uh, to feel. I don't know what you want to call it. Almost a sense of history just by looking at a fucking picture. You know, you look, you're just looking at somebody's drawing, but they're so accurate and they're so precise and they're so careful about everything they do. Especially it gets you a little bit more interested yeah. in, like, oh my, the actual history of well, it. You know, you know when yeah. you say that, it's like the thing takes place in 1929, so it's like they have to be like period accurate too. Yeah. You know. And there's got to be, like, tons and tons of just research that goes well, that, into each one of those productions. I mean, especially this one. What I was kind of noticing is, is I think this is one of the few Studio Ghibli things that actually takes place in, like, modern day. Or, yeah, kind of a modern day world. And so it's, and you you, you get the sense of, like... As okay, opposed to what, their other stuff is more like fantasy? Stuff, it's more fantasy. fantasy. Their other stuff deals more with, like, witches or, like, sorcerers or just, just magic in general. Hmm. So, like, this one takes place, you say, you know, it definitely takes place after World War One. They talk about the Great War. And then they talk about, like, you know, the fascists... And like the rise, of, they don't Mussolini. They don't mention Mussolini, but they they mention fascists, mm-hmm. and you can the tell that the, the war is coming to, you know. Um, so I think that it's it's well, I mean the pirates is probably not grounded in you right. Know, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean like the that. pirates are probably grounded in you know just because. You know, I mean, I don't know a lot about uh, the Adriatic at that time or anything like that, but I mean, you figure. <laughs> you know, I mean, any sort of piracy is always. I, I mean, piracy is still around today. Are. I don't think. I don't think pirates ever went away. You know, it's just one of those things where well, pirates never went away, but I don't think there was sky pirates. Did anyone else get the feel? Did, did, it, to did it remind research. you at all of uh, Tailspin? Maybe, maybe it did. Maybe that's how I like took an interest in it. <laughs> Because I've always, I've always thought seaplane pilots were really interesting. You know, and this is I've always said my my film taste always comes when it comes to uh, occupational. Like I don't care about a love story. I don't care about. But if you're doing something, that I've always thought, what would it be like to do that? This is one of those movies. Where it's like, what would it be like to be a, a fucking seaplane pirate, no, <laughs> or just a seaplane uh, pilot, not a pirate necessarily. <laughs> But uh, you know, I just think it's uh, it's, yeah, it's just one. Of, it puts you there. It puts you in this real world, even though uh, it's completely fantasy. It puts you in this real world element of where yeah. you can actually feel like what it would have been like to be there at the time. Yeah, and it's that attention to detail. You know, like when they show the blueprints to this plane that they're rebuilding, you believe that they're going to rebuild this plane. It's it could be a real plane, just based on the amount of detail that they have. That yeah, and you know where I think that comes from is. In Japan, you know, the culture is really strict that, you know, you don't just go off and do anything you think is fun. It's kind of like, you're going to be a fucking doctor. You're going to be a this. So most of these animators, most of these animators actually go off and they become these things. Uh, One of the, uh, I cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me, but the guy that created Astro Boy, and later on he created a character named Blackjack, he actually graduated in medical school before even getting into comic books, and then just goes into comic books because that's his passion. It's like the Japanese culture always wants you to have, like, kind of a real job in place before you go do your fun thing. So most of these people do graduate and have 
these other positions in life they could take, and then they just decide to go through drawing. Like, that blackjack is interesting because, like I said, the guy graduated from medical school, and in his comic books, he, uh, black, blackjack is about a, uh, a uh, he's about a, uh, a uh, underground surgeon that performs uh, illegal surgeries, but that artist will draw things anatomically correct, 100%, because he's been there. He's, you know, just like uh, you were talking about the sea, the, how, how accurate the seaplanes are. I mean, odds are, who knows how much, I mean, this guy probably did do lots of research, just yeah, because, like, yeah. they're not just, you know, I like comic books, because I like Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. No, they're like, I like comic books, but I'm also a medical doctor, and I'm also a, you know, this guy. Yeah, there's like, there's like, it's almost like there's a responsibility. It feels like the, the, the artists have this responsibility of trying to translate, you know, like, the real world into, you know, it's like, it's not right unless it's exactly like, you know, <laughs> that it is. And it's like, it's our responsibility to carry this over. So when someone looks at this, they go, you know, get the experience that, that I guess it sounds like we're, we got out of it. Uh, other question. Okay, so the movie, uh, or just the other topic about this movie, uh, Aside from the technical aspect of it, which is, you know, impressive. So it also works as, like, a straight-up drama. I mean, this is not a kid's movie. I mean, I'm not saying it's, you know, there's no, as far as I remember, there's no swearing, graphic violence, nudity, anything like that. But it's, again, it's one of those movies that has, like, a theme and a tone and a, uh, you know, just a plot that's too convoluted, I think, for the children would care about. Right. Uh, I mean, it it does seem to function as, like, you know, I mean, there's romance, there's, you know, uh, animosity, rivalries, you know, stuff like that all all happening. This is not a question. I'm just Porco, Porco really feels like a private eye throughout it to me. You know, he's he's the guy that has he's good at his job and he's got to go save the day, and he's the guy that's reluctant to do it. He's like, ah, this kid's gonna come with me. Ah, I don't want to bring the kid, but it, it really yeah. feels like a uh, like a thirties film almost like a film noir type. Yeah. Well I mean just like what you were saying uh, Well I think the character the character is well, how you're like, oh you know, I gotta save this kid. Oh I gotta I think that what like what that is all about is really the fact that it's almost like he doesn't want to admit to himself that he cares so much about other people. Right. It's exactly. like he's yeah. so willing to buy into the idea that he's selfish, that he only fights for himself and he loves to make jokes about it. You know, the whole film, he's making jokes about how he's a pig, how he only cares for himself, but every action he does is all for other people. You know, it's kind of one of those things. The character himself, he's not seeing himself for who he actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's the badass with the heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, the badass with the heart of gold. <laughs> and the fact that he's no, a pig. No, that's Porco. I'm out of here. <laughs> it was my like... favorite line. <laughs> oh, is that Shakespeare? No, <laughs> that's Porco. Oh, I'm out of here. That's Porco. <laughs> I can't remember the line. He you said, like, the, the, day, the days of uh, piracy and careless abandon are gone or uh, something like that. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. That is brilliant, actually. You know, because I was actually just talking to my brother, like, ah, oh, what makes piracy gr- so great? You know, these guys were kind of bad people. You know, they raped, they blah. It's about the freedom. It's about the willing to, you know, go against all that just for the freedom of living, you know. <laughs> yeah. And what, That's why it's romanticized. Yeah, for sure. It is. One, one thing I have to say about, like, how you, you know, you were talking about how uh, mature this is, the one way I would say that this is for children, I think, I think there's an innocence 
yeah, of the story. Just like yeah. how all the villains, all the villains aren't necessarily, I mean, they are there to, like, kill Porco, but as soon as there's a pretty girl, whether it's uh, uh, Adrian that runs the uh, the Hotel Adriatic or whatever, and or... Uh, Theo. Theo, yeah. yeah. They all kind of yield to they, her. Oh, man, as soon as there's a pretty girl around, you know, they're like, we'll be friends, we'll be whatever. <laughs> and to me, it feels like, it feels like almost like a junior high or a grade school sort of like... Ooh, we've got, you know, we've got this to deal with, but we're not so crazy about it that we can let it go. We can actually get, you know, it's almost like it's being able to have animosity without having, like, blind vengeance and just blind, like, I have to kill this person dead, you know? It, 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 it's animosity. But that almost, I mean, I I could be way off here, but that almost feels like that is, like, a mirror or a reflection of that time, period. You know, it's like, that's how it seems like, you know, people were just... Stuff. Yeah, that's how it seems like people were back then. It's like, <laughs> they, did their research, you know, into this movie go that far into, you know... So like, what yeah, that makes me like the like, 40s, uh, Humphrey Bogart era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it feels like, like Casablanca. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, yeah, even even the worst people have at least a little bit of uh, respect and right, at least yeah, a yeah. little bit of honor to them. <laughs> right. Yeah, even though they're sky pirates, they still have honor to <laughs> Travis, why did you choose Porco Rosso? I mean, you, just you, gonna, you chose... There's, there's tons of Studio Ghibli films, and so why... Just because I thought this was one of those animations that proved that cartoons are not for kids. I mean, it's not that they're not for kids, but it's not limited to. Animation can open itself up to anything. You know, like this movie would have cost like, you know, however much to actually make. If they actually wanted to film this movie... It would have cost well, hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, plus it would. I mean, if you would have yeah. done this as a live action thing, do you think the guy still would have been a pig? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, you gotta, yeah, animation just opens itself up to being a little bit more poetic about the storytelling, being uh, just, you know, you don't have to think about a budget, you don't, yeah, and you don't, yeah, just, so I think it's important to show how animation is not, it's, 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 you know, a lot of people want to want to think that cartoons are just for little kids, but really it's not, it's just an expression, it's just a poor, and when it's animated, uh, nobody really, you know, they just take the fact that the guy, it's a pig man. You know, you just, you buy it instantly. Where if it's, like, live action, it's a dude in a pig suit, you're going to be kind of, you, right, yeah. you know, you're going to be hung up on that. It's yeah. kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, you can almost, you can, yeah, it allows you to be more. Uh... But in this, you're, from the first frame of the movie, you're like. God damn, that's a glorious pig mustache. I like the fact that underneath his dark aviator glasses, he wears dark glasses. Like, yes. I don't think you ever get to see his eyes. And There's the one, 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 that one scene time. when he's washing his, he's his face. Oh, shit, I missed it. Yeah. Or when I he gets beat remember, up, he yeah, gets one yeah, but it's always clo- it's swollen closed. And, he doesn't <laughs> and there's, open there's one time when they're in the final dog fight, and he's like, you're not getting Theo, and like, there's one eye open, you can see it, oh. like, through the goggles. Oh. Yeah, I like that. It's supposed to, like, hide his humanity. Right. Brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> and even, like, in the middle of the night when Theo wakes up and he's, you know, he's at his table on this little deserted island that's his home. Do you guys know what he was doing on that scene? Well, he's counting he's the or he's the checking the bullets. He said something about rusted bullets. Yeah, it's very important to check every single bullet you have. Because one bullet 
will completely screw. Yeah, it will completely screw. So you don't just think you load bullets on a gun and start a war. No, Apparently you got to check every single one. He did a terrible job then, because his gun jams. It did jam up. So it doesn't oh, just happen. We're talking about the 1930s. Next to him. Yeah, we're talking about the 1930s. Let's not say guns don't jam. <laughs> <laughs> but, and also, yeah. the, re- the reason he was checking those bullets was he was getting prepared so that he was he was protecting uh, Theo. He because wa- they have this wager going where if he wins this dog fight, then his debts to Theo and her family and what was it? Piccolo, Piccolo was the name yeah. of the family that built the plane, the Guess engineers. His debts for rebuilding the plane get uh, paid off. If he loses the dogfight, then the Texan gets Theo. Yeah, the American. Who played the American? Cariolis. Cariolis. From? Saw. And? Sorry, the and the Princess Bride. Princess Bride. And, and Dark Knight Rises? No. Uh, no. No, not at all. Uh, that was Matthew Mudge. <laughs> oh, that's right. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> all right. Well, sorry. <laughs> my, okay. My point is though. It's okay. Colin thinks leprechauns eat spinach. Right. <laughs> all English people. Yeah, well, all English people are the same. It's, it's green. that an English guy was playing a Texan. It's green, right? Yeah. Um, my point is, is that when Theo wakes up in the middle of the night and he's checking the bullets, he looks like a human because he's checking the bullets to protect her. So that she doesn't have to go live this life with the dude from Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> the point was better earlier on, but <laughs> it's still a good point. I mean, that's that moment of art, you know. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. They have, they have those moments throughout the film where you're just watching this, and you're just, it, it catches you off guard because you're just watching a cartoon, more or less. But there's so much more behind it. There's so many Japanese cartoons that do that to me. There's a Japanese cartoon uh, called Metropolis that's actually based off of the uh, old German silent film Metropolis. I saw and, the German one. Yeah. You didn't see the Japanese one? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, there's just this one scene at the very end. I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but it busts out. It's like a slow-motion ending, and it busts out into a uh, Ray Charles song. I want to say it's Georgia on my mind. Yeah, and you're really like, oh my god, you know, like what? But they couldn't have picked a better song for such an emotional peak of the storyline. It's like Japanese people, they just, I don't know, they really like torn down those walls of, uh, I don't know, national cultural, uh, hmm, you know, differences. They really find what best suits the emotion, and they just put it in there, you know, regardless of really what, what it is. Yeah, because I couldn't believe that. And even in the Japanese version, yeah, Ray Charles, the Ray Charles song yeah. is there. You know? Yeah. Even when she's singing French at the beginning of this, the Japanese version, she is singing French. It's not yeah, like yeah, just yeah. some Japanese version that they went to French for the, you know, no. these You know, Japan is, is pretty good. You know, you look at the old uh, AIP, and, you know, the stuff that uh, a lot of movie companies tried to do in the 60s and 70s, where they tried to have lots of actors from different countries be in the same movie, that they that way they can mass market the movie to different countries all over. It's almost something Japan never stopped doing, in a way. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like they've... Uh, well, it could be because of, I mean, I'm just guessing, but it could be because of their size, you know, I mean, because they are so small, that it's like if they want their product to go out into the world it could be. we have to make this stuff you know it could be it has this uh broad-based appeal but yeah i mean it's uh 
Ew. I've seen that, yeah, in a lot of their stuff. I mean, so they go for, like, the, they go to the actual source. And, yeah, where we sit there and go, like, you know, I mean, we're really familiar with our own culture and can go, you know, back and tear it apart, put it back together again and restructure it. You know, I'm thinking, like, a lot of Tarantino stuff, you know, that, where he's able to do that with, like, American pop culture. It's You're right. It's like the Japanese seem to know, like, the pop culture of the world. But I think that's because they got a lot of their culture from the rest of the world. Uh, one of the scenes I thought was really interesting in Porco Rosso is uh, when Porco's in Milan, he goes to a movie theater, and he's watching a cartoon, pretty much the way the Fleischers or Disney would have animated back in the 30s. And that is the very animation that inspired the way... Japan animates their very art style. The big eyes, everything is based off of the Betty Boop, and the, I mean they learned it from us. I mean there's almost no separation there. So it was really interesting to see in one of their own cartoons them animating in a style that oh, they were influenced by. Yeah. You know, and, and look at Godzilla. The guy saw the Beast from Fifty Thousand Fathoms and made Godzilla. So a lot of Japan is influenced by other countries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't, even though we call it their own, it's really inspired by other places. It's really right. not just their own. It is other countries. It belongs to other countries. They just are, you know, they just were able to adapt it to themselves. And where nowadays you got so many people saying, I hate the style of Japanese anime. But that was the normal cartoon style in the 30s. They just never stopped it. <laughs> they just thought it was so influential. They thought it was more important than what we actually thought it was. Well, actually, you know? that, that yeah. makes me think of another point where uh, it kind of doubles back on where I was before with, you know, like if, if Studio Ghibli sets up this, <clears throat> you know, the top tier of like hand-drawn animation. It's like, has the rest of the world come up to that? And, you know... I'm trying to think, like, you know, Walt Disney or whoever. But it seems to me that the rest of the world has gone and done more uh, experimental stuff almost in response to it. It's like if we can't do Studio Ghibli, we'll do, like, the Triplets of Belleville. Yeah. Or uh, what was it, Persopolis or, you know, uh, Fears of the Dark. Fears I mean, the they, dark. where they get, like, really, I mean, actually, am I talking about mostly French stuff? At that? Oh, well, it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Fra yeah, yeah. French have a lot more with animation than a lot of other countries, maybe. Yeah, so they're doing a lot or more, at least that's like, got bigger here. Animation. I thought Triplets of Belleville was really good. Yeah. I thought it was really animated so really think well. Just as a reaction to the traditional. Well, maybe because well, yeah, because I mean, if you're going to do something, because what else has I mean, what else goes for real? You know, like a, a, a you know, hand drawn expression of reality to that extent that the Japanese do in their animation. It's like it's, yeah, it almost seems right. like everybody goes like, well, fuck, we're we're not going to be able to do that. So we'll do something that's more... Uh, more stylistic. You know, yeah, it's kind of a impression of the world, you know, as filtered through, like, an artistic sensibility where the Japanese are like, we're going to recreate the world, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to draw it on this piece of paper. But then, you know, and I guess that's not a... I mean, we're saying that the Japanese do fantasy stuff, so, I mean, that's also sure. not a, a problem with them, right? Very but, sexy fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, the American as far as like animation now, like the popular animation is like it's like a quasi like 
CGI. Yeah, it's all CG. It's like CG computer animation, and then it's like colored in, like like, so clone, think, like Clone Wars. I mean, we just don't oh, have the yeah, money for animation. Well, really. what I, I mean, do you think that's they see like people like Studio Ghibli uh, doing stuff like that, and they decided to move away from it and do something different, or do you think that's just technology? Going, I, I just we can think, do this. Let's do it this I way. I think no matter what, I mean, uh, Americans lost animation almost in the 80s. He-Man was one of the very last American animated shows ever. All the other companies were already going to Korea or whomever had the cheapest wage or whatever for it. So, yeah, I just think it's something Japan never, you know, I mean, that's what they were doing anyway because, you know, that's why their movies like Godzilla and all the old movies, it look, they look cheesy. You know, I love them, but they look cheesy because they never, ever had the money for TV and movies the way we did. So they put all of it in animation studios, all of it, you know, and they've been going strong to this day. And it still shows with, we can't make a buck with a hand animated, but Japan, you know, we can still, we can still bring a jet. I actually just saw, uh, it was called, uh, it was Studio Ghibli's The Secret World of Arietti. Uh, which is based off of, uh, The Borrowers. I just saw that, uh, a little while ago. So, yeah, America is still bringing over hand animation from other countries. Well, there is a problem. And they can't do it themselves. In Japanese culture, though. Because they, like, they're, like, okay, so, like, Japanese were, like, really, really good with video games, right? They were, like, the kings. Oh. Like Nintendo's. Did the, they create it? No, they didn't create it. They didn't create it, but they perfected it. They perfected it and mass marketed it, okay? And then the dawn of, like, Xbox basically comes along. And, like, with, with they, they were really good up until PlayStation. Xbox comes along, PlayStation comes along, they lose it. Because their development, they're still stuck in an old mentality. They can't grow. Right. They can't. Is that America? No, Japanese. Japanese Actually, I can they see can't, it. Because, like, they it's can't the same grow. thing with, like, all that. Sorry, go ahead. Like, the, like, the Resident Evils are still stuck, like, you know, the gameplay is, like, behind. I don't like, know about with, that. With Studio Ghibli, they're still making stuff, like, but they're not, like, the, the characters, models that they use today are still the same character models that they use in 92. But that is because they are so, I mean, no matter what, you can look at shit from Japan in the 80s and 70s. No matter what, they're not going away from that style. That is their style. But they don't change that style. They don't even Because why would you? America, we have our own style that we don't change. Well, we've, got like we've always had our, our pretty realist. I mean, if you want to look at even Superman comic books from the 30s, I mean, we have, like, a decently realistic look that we try to maintain, and but that's, we, I actually think, what I don't think we have, we haven't evolved, though, we haven't. Well, All we did was evolve by bringing the Japanese stuff over here and making money off of it. We, we haven't evolved. Well, We've evolved into accepting other influences. Right, but, no, I mean, I'm just curious, like, when we're talking about, when, when you're talking about we evolved, so you're taking, like, okay, so last year, right, you got, like, Paranorman... Frank and Weenie, Hotel Transylvania, uh, Rise of the Guardians. I mean, I'm looking at, like, those are... Now, if you imagine those as 2D or somebody drew them, 
they don't all have the same character style, or they do. They don't. They're every single one of them different. I mean, are, you all different Japanese, are you saying just Studio Ghibli stuff all looks the same? Well, Studio Ghibli, like, if, like if you're all saying Japanese, that, anime. not all Japanese animation looks different. Some of it does, does look different. But all Studio Ghibli stuff looks like Studio Ghibli stuff. But yeah. that could be just a trademark. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it's just a trademark look. But, it's really, I mean, no matter what, if you, you can go to uh, Rumiko Takahashi did a lot of, like, Rod the One Half, Mason Koku. No matter what... They almost all look a lot alike. I won't. I won't say they all look the same because there's definitely no matter if you look at Neon Genesis Evangelion, if you look at Guyver, they all there's a slight difference. But no matter what, no matter what, good guys have big eyes. Evil people have slim, slim, uh, very angular. I mean, they have the same. Uh, what do you want to call it? The same, I don't know. Characteristics. Thank you. I mean, they they have the same characteristics. It'd be the same thing. You know how, like, they all have, like, oh, if you're embarrassed, like, a big, like, drip of water, like, kind of, like, goes down their head. Or if they see a pretty girl, their nose bleeds because they're just so horny or whatever the hell it is that makes their nose bleed. <laughs> That's unfortunate. They all have, they all still have, though. They It's like they maintain... They maintain what they're all still based around, but like like in America, no no matter what, people have their different styles of drawing. But anytime anybody talked about uh, the girls in this movie, they all blushed. The they char- all blushed. The characters blushed. By the way, yeah. should my nose ever bleed during this podcast? It's just because my nose is dry, right? <laughs> I don't want to take any of that personally. I was once watching. I blow my nose a lot. All right. I was once watching. I spit on your grave. <laughs> and my nose started bleeding. <laughs> if anybody seen, I spit on your grave. It's a very, uh, very rapey horror movie. <laughs> so yeah, I was so embarrassed. But thank God those people didn't watch Japanese anime, so they didn't get the same kind of message from a nosebleed. <laughs> I believe she's actually aroused right now. Oh my God. Well, it's funny that you brought the horror aspect back in there because I was uh, going to link on to what Tom was saying about the, uh, you know, the Japanese sameness is, uh, you know, they do kind of have that in their culture because even with J horror, which was a big deal here in the early aughts, they uh, no no no, <laughs> 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 the aughts in the early aughts they uh, you know they kind of they 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 were like the forefront of like new horror. And then they kind of lost that because all of their stuff was exactly the same. Right, it was always scared in the thing. But when yeah. did we evolve? We still got Jason Meyer. I mean, we don't evolve either. I mean, most places don't evolve that quickly. Yeah, it seems recently we've been devolving. Yeah, evolving. Yeah, they're going back and saying, like, what did we do that worked before? And, and you the yeah. same stuff over. We're yeah. evolving. We're, yeah. You know, it's no, like, I, mean, I we're, think... We're, we're, we're adapting. We're, we, we adapt to what the culture... Wants yeah, and what the culture needs, okay? Yeah, like We're always going like, like what works you know right what? now. What works right this now? This worked ten years ago. This and it'll work do forever. This but but, it's, it's but I do. think it's hard for us to say because once again we're watching a movie now. I mean, even Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z got popular here. What in '98, '97? Where that is like a show from what '82? You know, it's like, who really knows what's going on over there? I mean, we don't know. We just don't know, really. I mean, what we're looking at is a window into their past. You know, Dragon Ball Z got huge here a little while ago, 
There's a freaking TurboGrafx-16 video game of Dragon Ball Z. I mean, that is old. <laughs> that is old. So it's hard to tell what's really going on over well, I mean, there. I know what's going on in their video game culture. I mean, I'm current with that. Well, that was, you know, you were I mean, saying like that, too. That, that I'm up to date with what, what they're doing over there now. Well, I know that you were saying, you know, like with their video games, they, they're not evolving... But they're also, like, very insular. Like, you were saying about the Xbox 360, it's like they just pretty much shunned that system as being a Western system, and they're just not going to buy it. And, like, I hear it didn't sell over there. But the PlayStation, you know, it like sells through the roof. So then all of their developers are making, like, the same... It's the same stuff that they've made for, you right. know... And but, American but audiences aren't But it's the rest it. of the world is all saying, like, ooh, here's these new American games. That, like, that's actually what we want. And the Japanese are now sitting there going, like, well, we're making the same stuff that you guys love forever, and, like, how come you're not loving it anymore? And so they're trying to mix it up well, and I mean, change that's it, not, that's and that's where it's going, like, whoa, what are you but doing? But you, you guys got to also think what about what, what do they have there that we're not even allowing over here? Because uh, the original Nintendo had freaking, like, porno adult games <laughs> in Japan. I mean, we just, we don't yeah, think the, of our... Really? The shit, oh, the yeah. Shit they, they're making... You should look up Dragon We don't have over here is stuff that... We don't want really. <laughs> like I said, we could just be too. Small. We could be too wussy. We could not be allowing their extreme stuff. Because if anything, we know that Japan, the Japanese have never been shy about being extreme and crazy. Which right now we're having a big trouble with. You know, the censors in America. I mean, we're just not Which doing anything crazy. Because, like, uh, you know, even. Uh, yeah. Even in, I know, in Japanese porno films, they, like, blur out genitalia, which is weird for a right. culture that supposedly, can, you know, you know, there's still, like, some kind of decency law where, like, you know, even in their hardcore. Yeah, it court, changes. Yeah. Like, crazily. I just want to point out the freak show. Is, has, like, uh, <laughs> the freak show is uncensored. We are uncensored. We do not blur genitalia. <laughs> we do not. We bear it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like for a culture that uh, blurs out genitalia, but has like vending machines that sell used panties. Exactly, they're yeah. fucked up. It's just, but we get, it's just, but it the, makes no sense. But we love their movies. Yeah, but because you know most people don't have people dying all over TV the way America does. They got they got boobs all over TV. We have guts all over TV. I mean, look at look at The Walking Dead. There's almost no reason why any movies from the 80s shouldn't be shown completely unedited anymore yeah, right. because of The Walking Dead. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah. Or American Horror words. Story even. Yeah. Well, American yeah. Horror Story like blows that away because there's like crazy sex and uh, you know, swearing and stuff like that on that show where you're just like how the fuck did this like? Is that effects? Yeah, yeah. I well, just like, saw that for the first time. I couldn't believe it. Really? How much <laughs> they show in that movie? Yeah, or in show. the eighties. Well, you were talking about this, Travis. I mean, like I was in the same boat in the eighties. I was one of those kids that was trying to find this stuff. Like, <laughs> where's the like, boobs? Yeah, where's the boobs? <laughs> where's the and bloody now it's boobs? Like, now where's you Sorority get... House Massacre three? Right, yeah. exactly. But now it's like kids can get that same thrill that we had to like. You know, that was hard for us to find. You can find just by like turning on FX and like you know. <laughs> nine o'clock at night, so that's true. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to get effects, yeah, <laughs> as a child. Uh... <laughs> All right, should we do, do a break? It should we do a, well, a wrap I think, up? I think we yeah. Let's do viewer mail after the break. Yeah, let's yeah. wrap up. All right, viewer mail. We gotta <laughs> 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 
We haven't had to think about this before. Oh, with a whale song. Like, I think blues, blues. Mail, mail, mail. That would be Tom starting with the wrap-up tonight. I'm a mail. I have seen Porco Roco before. The first time I saw it, actually, I didn't really care for it that much. It was kind of like... But it's got Sky Pirates. Well, yeah, I guess I maybe... Yeah, it was a long time ago. I kind of wanted to really pay attention. Okay. Uh, seeing it again this time, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Like I, I liked it. Uh, I guess it's got Sky Pirates. It's, I mean, it's good. I don't think it's Studio Ghibli's best work uh, by far. Um, you know, like Spirited Away is the first anime film to actually win an Academy Award. So if you need to check out an example of, you know their best work, then that would be probably Spirited Away. But, uh, I mean, I actually kind of like uh, maybe Nausicaa Valley of the Wind is probably like my favorite. Or Princess Mononoke. I would definitely concur. <laughs> but still. Uh, I mean, that's probably my favorite <laughs> Studio Ghibli stuff. Um, I mean, this one's good. It's more grounded in reality than most of their stuff, so. I mean, I, I, I like it. You definitely need to see it. And probably, uh, I don't own it, but uh, I've seen it a couple times, so. It's worth buying. Yeah. It's worth know. buying? That's what you're saying? Uh, to buy it? I said it for him. I know. That's why he just agreed. <laughs> so I just want to agree with that. So would you request it yourself <laughs> buy it? Yeah. I probably, uh, if I probably, yeah, if I saw it on sale somewhere, I probably would actually buy it. I've great movie. I've seen it a couple times, and seeing it again was like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool. So buy it if you can find it on Sky sale. Sky Pirates. College! Find a review! <laughs> <laughs> but check out other Studio Ghibli stuff. Oh, all of them. Check out all of them. All right, so I don't know if I've had a Studio Ghibli experience. It's very possible that I saw uh, Princess Mononoke like a hundred years ago, and if I did, it didn't leave a favorable impression or an impression at all. Uh... This, I, to be honest, I was kind of resisting it because, again, I, you know, this is like it's a, you know, movie about a guy who's a pig, and it's like, okay, how are we going to deal with that? But once I got into it, it was like, uh, you know, dramatically, I think the movie works. I mean, it was an interesting story. Uh, you know, Sky Pirates Be Damned. I mean, it was, you know, it was just a really sweet story. It's set in, in a time when there's, a, you know, a certain innocence to it that it's appealing, you know. Um, the detail, I guess, was the thing that really won me over. I mean, just like looking at it, it is, you know, it's one of those things that's just a joy to behold. You know, I mean, if you if you don't like, you know, this movie, then you don't have any eyes, I guess. But I can understand. I guess on the poster, not for the blind people. Yeah, but not for the blind. The whole night while we've been sitting here and talking, and I, I still haven't cracked this yet, but it's like there's, you know, how, you know, I mean, like, obviously we're watching it because it's the freak show, and Travis picked it, so it's like, okay, we're going to watch it, but I would not have sought this out on my own, and I would have missed this movie, and I'm trying to think of what I could say to you that would, you know, if you're in my boat, that you would uh, seek this out, and I don't know what that is, <laughs> you know, yet I haven't figured that out, but uh, I, it's, you know, you have to, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very, it's a good story, it's a good dramatic uh, story. I'm curious to see more of their stuff if that is uh you know, if that's a small 
victory. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I want to see more stuff. So, <laughs> more Studio Ghibli. More Studio Ghibli. This is good. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go with a. I would definitely say rent it. Uh, you know, I don't know about. You know, I wouldn't buy it myself, but I mean, I definitely think you should check it out. Go seek it out. I think. I like your morning DJ voice, by the way. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, Colin really hit on a, a important point about the freak show. We're we're getting exposed to films that we wouldn't see on our own, which is really cool. And this film, I probably would have missed. I mean, shit, if I didn't see it by now, I probably wasn't going to see it if it wasn't for this night. And I really liked it. You know, I think it's, like I said earlier, it's that, it's it's the stories I like a lot are the, the badass with heart of gold. You know, it's the guy that, <laughs> he's like, damn it, I got to go save the day again. You know, but like he does it. He starts out acting, acting like he's reluctant to do it. And I think that he's, you know, he's always been the man for the job to, he's the good guy. He, through and through, you know, the reluctant good guy, which is, I think, a more realistic good guy than a guy in a cape. But I think uh, you should buy this movie and you should hang it on your wall because yeah. I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a masterpiece. I really do. I think Fucking a, I'm gonna clap for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> that we probably wouldn't normally see. Um, I know I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to see this movie normally. Um, that said, this is a, a, a beautiful movie. I'd like to see more by Studio Ghibli. Um, uh, I say definitely seek it out. Um, if you're uh, an animation fan at all, uh, seek it out, watch it, probably buy it. Um, definitely rent it. Um, I would definitely rent. I personally wouldn't own this movie, but it's a great movie, great story, um, absolutely gorgeous. Definitely seek it out. I'm glad everybody has uh, come to the opinion that I kind of wanted them to. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, I mean the whole reason I showed this movie is because I mean, I've got this long list of like crazy horror and crazy cult films, but I was like, you know, this is a, a beautiful movie. I love that I want to share with people, and, like, usually, like I said, we always watch horror movies around here, and it's like, this is a movie that most people would not want to watch, unless it was under these circumstances where, you know, I got to make people watch it. It's yeah. one of those movies where, like, if you said, like, it's about a pig in a plane, and they've <laughs> yeah. got sky pirates, all these guys would be like, yeah, I'm not, like, <laughs> me, I'd be like, well, I want to see that movie, and that's what, like, just reading the box description, pig, planes, fight, sky pirates, that's why I rented it in the first place. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the magic I mean, concoction. I think, I think this movie, it's such a, Keywords, I mean, pigs, pirates, planes. It comes from, there's almost like really quiet parts of this movie, where, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't feel like you're rushed into a story. You really feel like you're sitting around and watching these people's lives. You really feel like... These guys got some situations going on, and I'm just kind of hanging out for the ride. You know, it's really not like, oh my god, the world is depending on this. It's nothing so crazy that yeah. it brings you out of the world. It's just like, yeah, there's these situations, you know. I, I mean, it's really, and that's really what I look for in movies a lot of times. 
I have really haven't seen it a lot besides like I want to say Forrest Gump, World According to Garp. You know, there's some movies that are kind of quiet where you're just living with these people. It's not so adventurous because I mean, most people's life they're not adventurous. I've never lived through an adventure. You know, I lived in Afghanistan. <laughs> but you know, other people most of the time most of the times life is not 100% exciting with life and death being on the line. So this is just a really great story where hey, this this is on the line or hey, this is on the line. It's not life or death, but it's definitely where you stand almost on good and evil, <laughs> you know, it's almost like, and I like how even the bad guy, even the villains in this movie get a chance to redeem themselves, you know, it's, nobody is all good or all bad or all, you know, and, and that's actually one of the things I take a lot from animations is the fact that there is no pure good, pure evil, we're all at this state to where we can go to either side, just depending on where the narrative takes us, just depending on what the situation is, you know, because, I mean, you can hate a guy, but you don't want to kill him, because, I mean, that's obviously too extreme, you just hate him, you know, he didn't do anything to you to make you want to kill him, so it's like, why should any characters in movies always be at this absolute, like, they have to die? Right. Okay, yeah. so you don't care about going to prison? You don't care about la la la, you know? Uh, I mean, I guess that's my piece. I would always... <laughs> I guess I would buy it. <laughs> wow, I got a lot to say. Yeah, I got a lot to say. Maybe I got more to say about that. Did you go to prison? But, yeah. There's just a lot, a lot I have to say about the world of animation. It's almost like... Because, like, Hey Arnold, the Nickelodeon show, had the same thing, where bullies, they were bullies, and they were just, they were seen as the bad guy. But they secretly loved the football team. Exactly. They secretly wanted to be friends. They secretly wanted to be in the group of the cool guys. And that's what I always think of any bad guy. Yeah, like, you know what I almost got from this? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like the bad, the true bad guy was, like, the fascist. It was like this, you, you could never see, like... But, yeah, but, for no, sure. Wait. You can't see it. Well... Yeah, because there's no, it's not personified. Like, yeah. The, when you get in with the Sky Pirates, they're all supposedly bad, but, like, each individual guy, you know, is a gray area. Yeah, right? a gray area. you get in and you can see, like, the actual person, but the fascists were just, like, you know, the, they're the thing that's out there that's coming, and it's not personified by any one. So it's like gov- government is the villain where humans are, it's humans like, can grow. Humans can learn to... Yeah, but I don't even know if it's government. It's just that collective. There, right. you know, the well, the, whatever, yeah, the when collective. you can't that, pull the, the person out of it. Yeah, when it's the faceless, you know, the thing. lesion. Yeah. 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 Government. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll be back right after these messages. We're back. We're back. We're back. Hello, my baby. Hello, darling. Hello, my baby. You know the best time I ever saw that was in the end of Spaceballs. Oh, that's <laughs> when, the best. When it did alien. that alien on the chest and the guy, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right, so uh, we got this is the viewer mail segment of Saturday Night Viewer mail! <laughs> so uh, coming to us from Twitter, uh, let's see, user with the handle... 
that underscore ghoul underscore Ava says, Hey, Sat Freak Show, so when can I come watch movies in the basement too? I promise not to wipe boogers on the couch. Uh-oh. Oh. So does that mean you'll wipe boogers anywhere else but the couch? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> where are the boogers going? Yeah, where are they going? Kleenex? Get back to us, and we'll answer <laughs> you. <laughs> Is it going to go with Kleenex yeah. toilet? <laughs> let's, let's keep let's let's keep this communication line open. We want to know. Yeah. The last great. the last time we invited somebody over to watch a movie, he became a permanent fixer. <laughs> 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 so you never know. Yeah. So you can get a hold of us, uh, listeners, via Twitter. We're at Sat Freak Show. You can also email us at Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook. We're on Saturday night, or we're sorry, it's facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. And you can find us on the World Wide Web at Saturday Night Freak Show.blogspot.com. And every one of those is an inroad to internet radio startup. Whoa. Excellent. Whoa, nice. Yep. So I think we have some bad movie reviews. Now it's time for. Bad movie reviews. <laughs> what did you watch this week, Brent? That, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll go around the circle real quickly and be like, what did you watch that was bad and why? Yeah, last Actually, week I had uh, Red Dawn, so this is what sparked. Yeah, we're going to start yeah. doing our movie review and then start being like, what's the crap we watched all week? <laughs> and the rating scale will be one middle finger or two. <laughs> um, actually, like a week ago, exactly today, in honor of, uh, well, it's like two weeks ago on this, but in honor of daylight savings time, I uh, I went ahead and called and let me borrow Time Rider. Whoa! Which, if you haven't seen it, um, I would say skip it. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> what, what was the premise? Because the premise, like Time Rider, like, sounds awesome. It sounds like the dirt bikes and time no travel. I'm like, I'm on. That sounds like awesome. Time travel is my favorite type yeah, of movie. We're specifically talking about the old West as the time period. Oh no! Too. Yeah. Oh this no! Is, this is before Back to the Future Part. Sounds three. like a winner. Which did the Old West time traveling it, brilliantly. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get into all, all that. But. We'll wait for the uh, the uh, Back to the Future 3 podcast to get into the uh, specifics. This is exactly what you think it's going to be from the title, but nothing more. There's no, <laughs> there's no awesomeness to it. It's a guy it's a guy riding a dirt bike around in this Baja somewhere out in New Mexico, I want to say. And... You're kind of in the beginning. You see this guy. You know he's kind of tooling around the desert in this, the middle of this Baja race, and you're kind of also seeing there's like this these cut scenes of scientists working on something. You don't really know what it is, but spoiler alert: it's time travel, <laughs> 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 which which actually ends up coming from like a if you want to imagine like a street light in the middle of the desert that this dude actually. The way he travels through time is he dri- he rides his dirt bike right past the streetlight at the exact time that these scientists are, you know, experimenting with time travel. <laughs> There's some sort of, like, flash or bright light, and he's transported to, I want to say it's 18, say 1880s at some point. But he's, so he's in the Southwest during the Wild West, and he doesn't realize it at first. So the first 20 minutes of the film is him riding around on his dirt bike, and then you got, like, I think time travel hits around 20 minutes in. And then the rest of the, like, the next 15, 20 minutes is him 
not discovering that he's traveling through time. <laughs> <laughs> so he's still on this dirt bike just riding around, and he's like, where am I? How can I get back to the race? I'm in the middle of the Baja. And people are like, well, actually, Sean, Sean was hoping for the line that you ain't from around here, are you, <laughs> yeah, boy? Yeah. But we didn't get that. There's there's a variations on that line, but basically the cowboys, they want to steal his machine. They call the dirt bike the machine because they've never seen anything like that. He's, it looks like he's riding a horse, but it's a machine. You know, a, a lot of stuff <laughs> wow. like that. I can see why that's important. So the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the film is I think he goes skinny dipping and um, mm. a lady sees him she becomes attracted to him there's uh, this love scene out of nowhere like right then like pretty close wow. after I, wow. I I would say right then but it it's, it's future man's you know like effect on uh, he, ancient women yeah he like rides as into long as you have a good possession the women will love you like, look at his <laughs> wife. wow. Yeah. Is he his own relative? Like, does he get her pregnant? And yeah, is it, is it like the a, line? a like John Connor thing? Kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That would have been interesting. I'm my own great-great-great-great-grandfather. Great, great, great any interest. <laughs> yeah, interest left this movie, like, after wow. opening credits. Bad movie. But, yeah, and the whole thing with the girl, and he has to get back, and they want to steal the machine. I, You know... Two middle fingers. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting that they've never done like another uh, time travel movie, almost like H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, where the time machine is the stationary thing, and when you step inside of it, time changes around it. It's like ever since the 80s or 70s, yeah, everything's like a transported vehicle you run yourself. I got the impression you go that the Terminator stuff like swapped out, like it created a bubble around you. And then, like, swap the air and everything from where. Oh well, yeah, they, it's justified by the second movie where it takes a part of the. Uh, yeah, it takes a part. Yeah, like for that, sure. That part of the semi truck goes to the future, and he comes back. So oh, wow. yeah, for sure, for sure. I never saw that. Like, thought of the part of the semi truck transporting to the future. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it did transport to the future. It just took out. Just melted. It just yeah. It took out whatever bubbles in the time field. It just kind of. I, see, I race that it took that and swapped his air out with like like the air and everything that he arrives in is like future air for like that moment. I mean, yeah, I can imagine uh, that, but why would it send the other stuff back? That's the only thing I don't well, because see. It's a time machine. Yeah, but it doesn't send time well, machines so don't send way, things yeah, back it, though. Yeah, but what happens to that? It air? dissipates. It, it got burnt up. It uh, never existed think, in the first it, place. It goes back <laughs> it's That's the, crazy. It's the Indiana Jones thing where in order to take the idol, you have to have a bag of mm. sand, something that you, you know, swap yeah, it up. Energy has to be like maintained. It, uh, it's just yeah. the way I was. Weird. Yeah. Interesting. What did Sean see this week that was fucking shitty? Uh, you know what? To tell you the truth, I've been watching Breaking Bad most of the week, so Ooh. I haven't seen anything Ooh. shitty. So no, no, I uh, pretty know. just just some pretty fantastic television. But I'm like, no, no. Has it, who, anybody, made up something. Has anybody here been watching Breaking <laughs> Bad? Anybody? Something. I've been watching Breaking no. Bad. Uh, I can't remember uh, the watch last it, thing I've seen about it. it. Watch it. I will oh, it's great! It. It's fantastic. I feel like I need. Even a, though you a got nothing, even though you have no love for meth dealers, this oh, will no, make all, you like a meth dealer. <laughs> oh, it's Wait, is that the point of this show? Is this propaganda for liking? No. Uh, I don't know. No. I like the show, but 
What did Travis watch this week that was fucking terrible? Oh my god, what didn't I watch this week that was terrible? Uh, I saw the uh, I saw Sinister, which was like a ghost movie that to me it just really spelled itself out. I won't go like that far into detail in case anybody hasn't seen it. But that wasn't as great as I was led to believe it was Uh-oh. going to be. Led to believe, Colin, led Colin. To believe by me, I think. Yeah, well, call, yeah Colin, words. Colin <laughs> led me to believe this was pretty good. But Colin, he's more Best affected by movie ghost movies. I wouldn't say that. But, uh, <laughs> what would be the best horror movie of 2012? Oh, man. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, <laughs> I think so. Texas Chainsaw 3D. I think was 2013. Was it? No. Was 20 was that 2013? Yes. When? No. February. Something. It's only been three months. I don't think it was 2013. It was this year. It was last year. I would think it's this year. Yeah, yeah it was this year. Like really? January. Yeah. Like yeah. Huh. Anyway, you we'll come back to this. So, yeah. so you saw Sinister, which you you hated it. I thought it was uh yeah I thought oh, I thought wow. I thought the story really spelled itself out like so early in the movie you're just like. Oh yeah, this is the situation. This is what's going on. This, and then by the end of the movie, you're like, "All right, cool. I was right." <laughs> you know, it was just like, "All right, cool. No surprises here." I was. I mean, I thought the, I thought the, uh, the snuff films that the dude finds in his uh, attic, I thought those were scary. But I don't think they would have been scary without like the added soundtrack by the, you know, by whoever the makers of the film. Which usually, if you're watching that sort of film, you're you're trying to think that this is the sound. That is, that is contained on the film. You know, oh, this yeah, is the sound. Yeah, yeah. But then after, like, he turns off the film and the sound is still going, that's when you're like, oh no, this is just like production sound or whatever. Yeah, you know, see, it's like so. Really, this guy's sitting there li- listening it. to silent film. Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil it. Don't spoil it. But yeah, I just thought it was like, eh, yeah, the snuff film stuff was scary, but everything else, I thought it was just like, like eight eh. millimeter. It was like a ninety. It was like a nineties film. Everything was pretty like. Here's your rules. Here's what's going on. There's nothing really outside of the safe zone. But other than that, uh, I saw uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, <laughs> which was a Hammer film. Uh, actually, was that the last Hammer Dracula film? I want to say it was, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, because Christopher Lee wasn't in it. Yeah. After it was that, their last movie was The Devil a Daughter and then they closed it. That was right after that. Yeah. Uh, and it was like I think uh Peter Cushing absolutely wasn't bad in it. I think I mean Peter Cushing was yeah, always yeah, strong. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like Michael Caine, Peter Cushing is always just different. always on. Yeah. He's always on. It's like yeah. you don't get bad acting. Yeah, he's just on. like what do I need to be in? Yep. And he's going to make it. He's yep. going to make it, you know. He made Grand Moff Tarkin like one of the smallest characters in Star Wars, like one of the coolest guys, yeah, you know. He's so fucking serious. Yeah. yeah, and then even having Princess Leia has like a line about him about how like I would have noticed your smell or whatever. It's like so obviously this guy's badass. Having Peter Cushing play this guy automatically, he was like almost, almost as cool, if not cooler, than Darth Vader at that moment. In Star Wars Episode uh, Four, whatever yeah. you want to call it, New Hope. He's the only one that can put Vader in its place. Wait, so you saw you saw Grandma Tarkin battling fucking Chinese vampires? I saw him talking to Chinese people <laughs> that would eventually <laughs> battle Japanese uh, va- or Chinese vampires. He was like fucking. I mean, <laughs> that movie was made after Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, like and I thought I thought Peter Cushing was really good in it. I mean, I really did. 
no spring chicken at that point. He was definitely no spring chicken. I I don't think... I don't think up to the... Do you ever recall Peter Cushing being a spring chicken? I mean, as far as I've seen, he's been in movies since he was 77. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, even in those early... uh, uh, Fucking jumping off tables and shit. They they had, like, action (laughs) climaxes where it's like... There's no stuntman. There's Peter Cushing, like, jumping around in, like, flaming barns uh. and swinging on, you know, tackle and stuff <laughs> like that. And you're like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Again, I, I have a thing with the safety uh, situation in films from, like, the 50s and 60s. For and sure. there wasn't any safety. It's just there. better when you can yeah. see their face yeah. doing so stuff. Just it just puts you in there. No, no, no. The fire, well, it's going to be just down here. Because who are these people? Master <laughs> pretenders? <laughs> what? I mean, what are they, delicate geniuses? Yeah. I don't care if they live or they die through their, their movies. Training. I think they had to be, like, all around, you know. Well, we won't let you burn too long. Yeah, it's just for production so, so value. It's like, like we don't have the money for uh, insurance, so. Uh, <laughs> so you didn't really see like a horrible movie, or are you saying? Well, I mean, to me, to me, like Sinister, a ghost movie that really spells it. To me, that was horrible. To me, I was Best like, uh, yeah, that's what Colin says. But I was like, I was like, as soon as it, as soon as he brought, as soon as the character brought up the questions, I was able to answer them immediately. And then the end of the movie was just like, okay, thanks for securing my belief. This whole, I mean, it just wasn't exciting. But then, okay, so then the Seven Golden Vampires. I mean, it's just not Seven awesome. Golden Vampires was that's just like, like Sky Pirates. <laughs> it had good lighting, you know. Like I said, when I see when I see a dungeon, I want to see it lit green. I don't want to see it lit, you know, just darker. No, I want green. I want that's what Hammer had to offer was that ga- that gothic lighting that was just like where else can you have a green dungeon with purple lights somehow coming through these window seals? What the hell is you know, giving you this purple light, but like I almost think that's what all these uh, the lighters of like saw and I think that's what they try. Even, I mean, even Repo, I think that's what they're trying to uh, to mimic is that sort of like really extreme surreal, bright color. Yeah, it's, but I think they fail as a hammer. You know, like I said, they chose a green light for the dungeon. It wasn't green, yellow, blah blah blah. It wasn't like four colors. It was. Two colors. It was it was it was green for the dungeon walls and purple for like whatever supposedly supposed to be like moonlight or something like that. Where I think all these these uh these saw lighter, you know, they're just like it's gonna be green with a yellow light over here, maybe an orange light over here, an auburn light over there. You know, they got like five colors in one scene. You're like, so what's what's going on here? People <laughs> people just like putting fucking weird colors in uh, different colors places, or it didn't have like a character to it. But so yeah, those are my movies. What did Tom see this weekend that was awesomely bad? Uh, not not really much. Really? Yeah, he could have made something up. All right, you so only uh, I watch saw... <laughs> uh, great stuff. No, I mean I I, I watched. Uh, what did I watch? I watched the Vikings. That's show doesn't t- count. T- I watched some TV shows. Yeah, movies. Movies. Bad movies. Uh, oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. I started watching 13 Assassins and then stopped it. Oh, come it. on. What? Come on. Okay, this like, this is official. Like, Call it on to you. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can't uh, believe that. That's one of the, greatest, one of the greatest movies. One of the greatest modern samurai <laughs> Oh, my God. Fuck Takashi and Mishi and then I Tough. Like, Tough. yeah, yeah. Finish yeah. that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are insane. Like, 
the second half is better than the first. Watch half. it with uh, just like English dialogue for Christ's sake, <laughs> or nah, something. Net, Netflix only has the the Japanese subtitles. That's why you didn't watch no, it. All. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was it was the Takashi ta- Amishi like. It doesn't even weirdness. feel like one of his movies. Yeah, yeah it, no, except totally for was. when he's like, "This lady was horribly dismembered," and you're like, "Oh my gosh, he looks dismembered." Yeah, yeah, that was that. awesome. It's that kind of stuff. Is it Takashi Miike? Yeah, yeah, Takashi. Oh, it's a great movie. It's like one of the best serious samurai movies ever made. She's got no arms and no legs and no tongue. And then, like, the villains, like, cut her teats off. And, like, the (laughs) villains just, like, shooting dudes with, like, like, that slaughtering whole family. Like, man, this guy's a fucking asshole. But, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I want to see some fucking killing in there. It's just like, ah. That was, that was all yeah, you should have waited, man. Out. That movie is so great. Because there's 13 fucking assassins. Oh, my God. 13 I didn't of them. no goddamn assassins. All it's I like, got the fucking. Half is they're it's just like. One Can of I the fucking, like, fast forward to the fucking. You know, I, I won't even see one of the best. That is, like, the best Can samurai like? sword fighting movie ever made. I well, mean, it's so amazing. I didn't see sword fighting. All I saw you just, was murder. You just didn't John watch it long enough. Like I said, go re- go rent it, watch it with English dubbing, and you will you be thrilled. Said, hey, this is my bad movie review. Well, can I just fucking fast forward to the cool part? You could have. Should, should I just fast forward no, to the killing? No, you're to watch the whole movie. It's awesome. All right, I'm taking the talking oh, lemon. Goddamn lemon. All right, so I didn't actually. I don't. I'm not going to say that this movie is terrible. I'm just going to lay some of this out for you, and you will decide for yourself. I saw a movie called Holy Rollers, or no, Holy Motors. It's a French film. I don't know why it showed up on my Netflix queue. At some point, this happens. I go like, that's interesting. Put the thing on there, and then months later, it shows up, and you're like, I have no idea what the hell this is. Okay, so this movie starts out. And I'm actually going to go beat by beat and just give you like three scenarios. Movie starts out, a wealthy guy gets in, you know, wakes up, gets into a, a stretch limousine. He is given a folder. This is today's assignment. The stretch limousine pulls over and a bag lady gets out. It's a guy. He's dressed up as a bag lady and stands on the side of the road. Then he gets back in the limo, takes off. There's another folder. He's like, what's this? He takes it. It turns out inside the limo is a big like makeup studio. He is a motion capture actor. He gets out of the car and he's got like all the balls on, you know, for the uh, infrared cameras. He goes into a motion capture studio. He's given direction on what he's supposed to do. He's doing all these jujitsu things. A spry old guy can like do parkour and all that stuff. And then this model walks in and she's in latex and it's all like skin tight and she's a contortionist. And they start like Ooh. faking sex uh, motions, and then faking th- sex is my that favorite. That becomes sex. like yeah, I mean like kind of graphically because he's like you know his mouth is on places and her body that you're like well they're actors but you know so it's, it's, it's actually happening, and then uh, then that morphs into like the CG thing of what they're actually doing. Then he goes to uh, he goes and gets back in the car, and then he comes out. He's dressed as like a caveman or a troll or something like that. He's got one eye. He goes in a graveyard, and then Eva Mendez is there. She's getting pictures taken. She's like a goddess, all wrapped in like flowing robes or whatever. And uh, he abducts her. He takes her away to his underground lair. He takes all his clothes off, and he's got a heart on. And he goes and he lays down next to her and sleeps. And it was about the so what's this movie's about? It was about the <laughs> I turned it off. What? 
<laughs> it was about there that I turned it off. Oh. Because I'm like, I got to get a fucking another movie from Netflix. And if I send this one back right now, I get a new release. So I probably would have kept watching it. But <laughs> I didn't have time, so I shut it down. Sometimes Whether that you would want to see it, I don't know. Holy motors, folks, but that's pretty much what's going on in that movie. Sounds like wow. a big no. Yeah. <laughs> just people dressing well, up as different things and then getting hard on. This one guy. He dresses up. I, I, I have no idea what the fuck was going on. It's like, I, I here's a guy who has to be like different personas. I kind of think you and Tom need to finish your bad movies. Finish your bad if, movies. If they put this on Netflix streaming, I'll check it out. This is true. I don't think you're allowed to complain about a bad movie unless you've seen the well, entire, entire, thing. entire in the, the you entirety. You have to finish it. Okay, then I saw Phantasm Two. <laughs> Whoa! That's right, Travis. I'm gonna like call you no. I'm sure it's bad. I'm, I'm sure it's call bad. That a bad movie. I mean, <laughs> I like the first Phantasm, but I'm what? Like Go ahead. This is shocking. The first Phantasm at the time that it came out, you know, was something unusual and different. And, you know, because of that, I afforded some slack. Then I don't give for the sequel, which came out like 10 years later and had the studio behind it. And it just is like this nonsensical, crazy thing where it's huh. got the 80s stank all over it. It's like, <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So is, you know, this is what I was wondering about 80 Stank. Does something only have stank if it was bad? No. No, no, no. Like, no. do you look at Jaws and say, this has 70 stank on it? It does have 70 stank Do it? Does it? Because I don't think about it. That doesn't bother me. Right. It's only when it actually bothers yeah. you. We Back like, to the Future has some mean 80 stank. And what? I love fucking, that's like my You want to call that stank? I, saw, I call that 80s refreshment. It's so I don't know. 80 stank, <laughs> and I love it. It does have the stank. I don't think it's me and 80 stank, but I think it does have the stank. No, I mean, it, yeah, Back to the Future has 80 stank. Sure, yeah, I mean, you can't get away from it. No. You're in your decade. The stank is there. Yeah, but the stank is only, like, if it affects... Like, I love, okay, I love me some uh, A Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. But that is an 80s movie, like, through and through, right? Right, sure. It doesn't bother me. I love me some Fright Night. Yeah. Fright Night's got the 80s stank, yeah. and it bothers me in Fright Night. What? Yeah, really? It bothers me in Fright Night, because it's like, it, like, I can watch Return of the Living Dead with all of its 80s stank, and it still does not, when I process it, doesn't it's feel like it's, it's all punky. Yeah, it feels all punky. But Fright Night, when I process that, I'm like... They go to that club. It's nightclub, isn't it? It's that nightclub. Yeah. Because the, the vampire's wearing that sweater. Yeah. 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 And it's like got the really low yeah. neckline yeah. on the it's sweater. it's all the people in the nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh, this is not... I can't... Like, my mind can't, like, bring that up and make it in any way yep. fit in today's I tell world. you what, uh, you know, we were talking about the 90s stank when we were watching Chasing Amy. You want 90s stank? You want 90s reeking stank? Watch the opening of Ninja Turtles 2. That is 90s stank! That is like soundtrack, fashion, (laughs) I mean everything about it is like, woohoo! This is not from around here. (laughs) the opening of Turtles 2. What? I forgot the opening of Turtles 2. Bum, 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 And it just, it's just showing... Well, the music. Yeah, it's just showing, like, city scene. It's just showing... Yeah, it's showing your... Yeah, and that is when you're like, oh, my God, this is just, like, from another planet, because the music is just... Oh, my God, the music. Still so good. Isn't there, like, a fight in the toy store somewhere? 
What? They do a fight. It's like a. It's like a mall. It's like a. Uh, it's like a downstairs mall area or something yeah, like that. That's Turtles Two. That's Turtles Two. Turtles Two. That's what we're talking that's about. Yeah, we're no, talking about Turtles Two. I thought, I thought you were saying Turtles the 1 had... No, right Turtles 1 had, like, I mean, 90s stink, down to soundtrack and everything. It was... Turtles 2 had 90s stink, too, right? That's what I'm talking about, is Turtles 2! <laughs> you said Turtles 1 I did two. not say Turtles 1 at all. You I, said Turtles 1 right there. You were talking about Turtles 2 before, whatever. We originally, you originally yeah, said you, Turtles you 2. You said Turtles 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just like... Go back and listen to it, Tom. He's the turtles. <laughs> All right. Turtles. The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Let me get that across. Ninja Turtles, The Secret of the Ooze. The, the stankiest part of Turtles 2 is the end with the Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. That is like the yeah. stankiest thing in movie history. The vanilla ice. That's so awesome. No, you want the stink of it all. Is the whole movie Shredder stands to the side as if he's like, okay, imagine. Okay, remember when Pizza Hut had the Ninja Turtles on tour where it's like a stage show and all the turtles are doing are like singing yes. fucking songs Have and that shit like that? tape wore it out. I know, right? <laughs> okay, well, okay, so imagine what the Shredder would be like in just a musical stage show. Just sitting off to the corner going... Get those turtles! And that's all he was in Ninja Turtles 2. It's a guy standing out to the side, even though in Ninja Turtles 1, he you saw he could kick everybody's asses, like not even a problem. But in Turtles 2, he just stands off to the side and goes, Get them! And that's it, you know. Even, even after the Go Ninja Go song, Shredder reappears on like one of the sides of the stage and just goes... Ah, turtle! It's like, what is this guy? Like a freaking Broadway actor? I mean, I why does he, he attack the turtle? I hated turtles too, cause like, I need him. Cause Kevin he's Nash. Like, he's up. like, he's <laughs> like underneath the docks. He's like, I'm gonna smash the docks. Yeah, he kills I'm himself. Kill myself. That's the worst like, way for a villain like, to die. It's like <laughs> this is on the edge. <laughs> It's just like, oh my god, you can't, oh, come Even on. though I do love it when Leonardo goes, a ninja is a master of himself and his environment, so don't forget, we're turtles! <laughs> that is an awesome moment. I've said it before, and I'll, I'll say, say it again. again. Man, Man, I love being a turtle. Even though, why was... In the in 1990, why was it okay to say God? I love being a turtle, but then in like 91 or 92, whenever Part Two came out, you had to turn it into a man. I love being a turtle. When did God get out of the uh, equation well, here? In, uh, 1990. Well, 1990 was Turtles One. <laughs> 91. I'm just saying, why why the sudden change? Why what's wrong with God? I love being a turtle versus man. I love being a All turtle. Right, so, uh, it sounds weird, right? I wonder so what propaganda would can be behind that. Is, is why the costume changed from like... Uh, Jim Henson died, and that man's all quality went out the fucking door, I Cause mean. Because, like, <laughs> like, Turtles 1, like, Turtles costumes were awesome, and then you get to Turtles 2, and they're like... They just look ghetto. I mean, I just think... I mean, I'm Jim Henson's... Turtles 3? Oh, God. Dude, Jim Henson's death was the death of practical effects. Like, period. Jim Henson and Jim Henson's studio was one of the leading studios in just practical, awesome effects. 
And yeah, like I said, as soon as he died... What about K and B? What are we talking fucking about? Fucking went out the window. I don't know. Went out the window. Went out the window. K and B is still doing practical. Where? 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 Stan Winston until... But it looks fake. K and B shit. It looks fake. K and B looks fake to me. Yeah. He's pretty much makeup. Because you look at Mirror Mirror... Bullshit. The they Wolf had to Man. go to CG. They had to, once again, oh, they had to go to CG. That was Rick, Rick Baker, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, yeah. 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 not that great. Hellboy? Well, but we're talking about something different. Practical effects. But we're talking about a director that understands practical effects. Well, yeah, but we're talking like almost ever since uh, Jim well, Henson, people do not understand practical effects. So they just don't understand it. Uh, Michael Bay gonna fuck up the new Ninja I don't want to talk about it. Pretty bad. Meg Foster. <laughs> Meg Foster's freaking Fox. April O'Neil. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meg, Meg Fox. Fox. Foster. Are we ever gonna get to see Yeah, Meg Fox. No. Oh, no, you got Tolkien and Razor, and that's as close as you're gonna get. I, feel I like. can't believe that Megan Fox is April O'Neil. Makes me want to puke. Uh, puke. Are we gonna get to see Crank? I will. I, I will. I will go to the theater and see it, but I. I may not. I may not like it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would, would love to see Crank, but I'll go see it. Oh no, theater. it's gonna be. It well, I know. Well, I'll tell you, Michael Bay. I'm not gonna see it. Well, no, Michael all. Bay is not How directing, so there's a good chance. There's a good hope for this movie. Michael Bay does not direct it, Thank so God. and I know like Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Put up a huge stink, and they're not the going next. with the whole like turtles or the aliens. Donatello's a female Good. because uh, why let Michael Bay fucking destroy something that's been going strong for what thirty years? And if Michael Bay makes one shitty movie of it, it's fucking done. It's done. It's over. Nobody will care about turtles if Michael Bay makes one crappy movie about it. So they got to protect their right. They got to protect their yeah, property. Yeah. You know, yeah, I hope so too. You know, a lot of a lot of fucking socialists right now are talking about how how copyright isn't important and how you know, like whatever. It's like, but this to me proves it is important because, like I said, you got Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. They created something in 1984 that was what they created one comic book. They released issue two after a year later. Issue three. I mean, it was a slow process until now. We've got. Something that has been going strong for over 30 years, and it could be like Superman. It could go be going ninja, for... Go Superman ninja, go. is going to have his 75th anniversary, I want to say. In, uh, town without being seen. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. Get down. That's right. <laughs> Yo, it's the green machine. Gonna <laughs> rock the town without being seen. <laughs> Oh, you gotta love uh, Turtle Rap. I love Turtle Power after the first one. Oh, Turtle, of course. Turtle Power is the best song. Even the new. Yeah, we're done. All right, so yeah, we're we're wrapping up this week's edition of the Saturday Night Freak Show. I'm sure we'll be talking about turtles after this. But Turtle Power. That's right. Remember where you can get a hold of us on Twitter at Sat Freak Show and on uh, email Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com, Facebook. Dot com slash Saturday Night Freak Show and on the World Wide Web at Saturday Night Freak Show dot blogspot dot com. So what are we watching next week? Sean picks next week's feature. What's it going to be? Sam Raimi's horror classic, The Evil Dead. Join us. Oh, Bam. Join us. I know, right? It's, it's almost ironic. Is there? <laughs> is there really? Well, that could be interesting. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>
Oh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> 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 Uncle Todd, Uncle Thank you.